Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Turn, if you will, to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to teach a little bit this evening. I've got a few minutes here. We may do this over the next few weeks because I believe it's something we need to dig into. I don't know if any of you were raised in what we would call the the, the Pentecostal movement, uh, the old-time Pentecost, kind of the old flavor. Uh, Some of you may have experienced that in your life. Uh, But in what we would call the old-time Pentecostal movement, which I was privileged to grow up in, which kind of evolved into the, uh, they, they kind of labeled it the Word of Faith movement, but faith was always involved in that, so it wasn't a movement. It was just, it, it just kept progressing and growing. Where it was small, it actually ended up in what, the, uh, what many of the uh, people who study trends and moves of God called the charismatic revival. Charismatic revival being a revival in which there was great emphasis upon the move of the Holy Ghost and the charisma gifts of God, which were the gifts of the Spirit. Now, much of that move of God kind of left the church and went into hotel ballrooms and stadiums and other places. But out of that came what I like to call the great church movement, where many independent churches were raised up, where today uh, across the nation and really across the world, uh, there's a great move of churches just like Island Church raising up. They're not really connected to any kind of denomination, to any type of, of, of corporate structure. They basically just believe the Word of God. Now, there was a lot of teaching at the end of the charismatic movement that took place. And a lot of that teaching was really good, really relevant to character, to prosperity, uh, to faith. But, but then it seems like uh, there was a de-emphasizing of the move of the Spirit, the tangibility of God. Uh, I was in meetings, especially in the late 80s and into the 90s. Very well-known ministers would get up and and teach the Word. And I'm telling you, the glory of God would come into the building. The Spirit of God would be so tangible, it seemed like you could almost reach out and cut it with a knife and hold it in your hand. And they'd just sit down. And I'd think to myself, why'd they sit down? While the Spirit of God is in such manifestation in the building, why would they just sit in? I saw. I didn't just happen one or two times. I saw it time after time after time after time where a great message of revelation would be taught and the Spirit of God would just move into the... And I got to the point where I'd think to myself, turn me loose, brother. I'll do something. See, when the Spirit of God moves, it's time to act. It's time to do something. There is a tangibility to the moving of the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to know we walk by faith and not by sight and we do not need a feeling to do anything. But there is the other side of that in which the church, for the most part, has basically rejected, and that is the moving of the Spirit. Now, I thank God we're connected to a wonderful company of churches, basically all over the world, uh, people that are affiliated with us that we minister to and minister with, that are not only pressing into that at a greater level, but desiring that more than ever before. A great move of God where there's the tangibility, where people sense the presence of God, where the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And I like to put it like this because we've kind of incorporated it into our church doctrine or church theme, where people experience God. Are you with me? They don't just hear a message, but they, they leave church thinking, man, God was there. God, I tell you, God touched me. God ministered to me. I've you get a piece of that glory and you take it home with you. Amen. Now, here in, here in Genesis chapter 1, now notice this, this is interesting. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now notice this next phrase. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
Now notice right here, this is the first revelation we get on the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe God. Uh, there's God the Father, uh, God the Son or God the Word, God the Holy Ghost, three in one. You say, how can that be? I don't know, I'm just glad it be. Amen? I don't try to explain it, I just believe it. But now the first, the, notice the first word there, in the beginning God, that's the word Elohim. That encompasses the entire Godhead right there. In the beginning God, notice He created, but it says the what? The Spirit of God moved. So we see that the Spirit of God is the active part of the Godhead. It is what is active or what is tangible. Now, some of you that may have grew up around Pentecost in days of old, there were many old-time Pentecostal preachers. Now, this would have been back in the, in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. And some of them, you know, were elderly uh, in the 70s and 80s and taught these things. But there's a lot of them that wouldn't even get up in the pulpit. They wouldn't even preach until they felt something. Until there was a stirring on the inside. They, many of them would sit back in an office somewhere and pray. And they'd have praise and worship sometimes for an hour or two hours while these preachers were back there praying until they felt what they called the unction. Amen. And it wasn't until they felt that unction that they got up and actually began to minister or begin to preach. And they saw great results in doing that. We may need to get back to some of that in the days ahead. Amen. Where we wait till there's an unction. But you know how it is today. I mean, people are off time schedules. People have, uh, they're busy. They're doing things. So we want to get in and maximize the potential of what God desires to do while giving people or allowing people to have the liberty to come and go as their schedule allows them to. Amen. So we believe that the Holy Ghost can move within the standard of that which we set but we want him to move which means if we schedule services and stay within the time limit of those services but the Holy Ghost shows up then all bets are off can I get a better amen than that that means, hey, throw the clock away, throw the calendar away. I heard of a camp meeting that was taking place over in Alabama. This was back in the 50s. And a guy got up and began to minister. And as he ministered right, right there in mid-sentence, in mid he stopped and froze, stayed there for three days. Three days later, he picked it up right in the same sentence and began to, well, you know, the crowd tripled by the time he got them. Amy Simple McPherson, many have heard of her. That happened to her several times over in Angelus Temple where she would get up and begin to speak and just stop and freeze right there and stay frozen. One time, as many as six days, she stayed in one position with her hand up and after the six days, picked up right in the same sentence and kept on teaching and preaching the Word of God. What is that? That's the tangibility. That is a sign and a wonder. That is showing us that the Spirit of God is moving. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So we need the Spirit of God in manifestation and we need the Spirit of God moving. Thank God for good teaching. We get an abundance of good teaching around here. I teach the Word of God. We bring in good teachers. Others that are in the ministry, Brother Allen, Brother Roland, Brother Frank, uh, some of the others, Brother Danny, I can mention several others, uh, 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 Brother Pooch, some of these others. They can teach the Word of God. Most of them could probably go out and start their own churches right now and teach the Word of God on a level higher than most pastors that we know. He said, do you really believe that? No, I know that. I know that. Number one, I've taught them. Amen. Number two, they've been taught by many other great men of God. But thank God for good teaching. But we must understand that teaching should bring us up to a point in which the Spirit of God moves. Notice over in the first miracle that Jesus performed. You don't need to turn there. We'll go to Acts chapter 2 in just a second. The first miracle Jesus performed was at a wedding feast. At that wedding feast, they ran out of wine. Now, wine is something that you can get under the influence of. Amen. Now, always, you know, people always say, well, that was grape juice. We're not going to argue that point. Amen. You know, the Bible says it was wine. So, here's the thing. They ran out, and Jesus said to do what? 
He took some, some, some receptacles and they filled these receptacles. Now, I've read several different commentaries on what that was. And in the, in, the, in the modern measure of how much water that was, that water was exactly 120 gallons. Amen. Now, the Bible says Jesus said, fill them where? Fill them to the brim, to the top, full of water. Everybody say water. Then Jesus said, draw out. Everybody say, draw out. And they said when they drew out that the water turned to wine or that that which was water turned into something that you could get under the influence of. Actually, the leaders of that, of, that, of that marriage, the ones that were in charge said, man, this is strange because people usually serve wine, the good wine, at the first part of the feast and at the last part they say that which is not, not as good, bitter. But now you have saved the best wine. Woo, somebody ought to get excited. Now water is a type of what? Water is a type of the Word of God. God wants us to do what? He wants us to teach the Word and teach the Word and teach the Word and teach the Word and teach the Word till our water pots are full to the brim. Then He wants us to draw out or to act on the Word and when He does, He takes that which is of the Word and He makes it tangible. He turns the water into wine. He takes that which is spoken and turns it to that which is experienced. Oh, come on, I ought to get a better amen than that. He takes that, takes that which is spoken and turns it into something that is experienced. How many churches met to, today on Sunday? Here on the island. And people went to church because they love God. They want God. They desire God. But they go into some old dead religious edifice and they, all they do is teach an old hundred-year-old message that has no relevance to their, to their life or to the modern day in which we live in. It has no, uh, it's not applicable to their life. They leave discouraged. Um, excuse me. They come discouraged. They leave discouraged. They come hungry. They leave hungry. They come untouched by the Spirit of God. They leave untouched by the Spirit of God. Now, we don't criticize them. We want everybody to experience God. But thank God it's not like that at Island Church. Amen. Oh, we like to come and we like to worship God. And we like to praise God. And we love the Spirit of God to begin to move upon the congregation. And as it does, that's where we have to learn to not resist, but to actually yield. What He yields, He fills. Most people, when the Spirit of God begins to move, they become resistant. We'll touch on that a little later. But you must understand when God begins to move, that's when it's time to yield to the Spirit of God. Now, go real quick to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we know this is the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, notice what it says. Let me get over there. Are you liking this tonight? Oh, it's going to help you tremendously. Acts chapter 2 Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. It says, there suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now it talks about all the different people that was actually a feast of Pentecost that was going on, all of this. Uh, and it talks about all of the people that were there that heard it. Verse 11 says, The Cretes, the Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Verse 12 says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Now, you've got to understand, notice verse 15, it says, Peter speaking, 
these men are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Everybody say, this is that. Now, here's, you got to kind of see the scene. They gathered together in the upper room. Now, now, I know when you go over to Jerusalem, they take you to some upper room somewhere. But actually, the upper room was in the temple, was in Solomon's temple. And so in the upper room, they begin to pray. The Spirit of God fell upon them in the upper room as they begin to pray. The Bible says the first thing that happened is it filled the house. See, that's, see, see you can see where the enemy fights. He doesn't want the tangibility of the presence of God in the house of God. I want you to know, we want, when people drive up to, to get their milk and bread over at, over at uh, 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 what's it called, Do the dollar store, the dollar tree, whatever it is, we want them when they drive up and services going on here at Island Church, when they walk in, we want the presence of God to just go through these walls and touch them over there. Amen. We want the Spirit of God to do what? To fill the house where there is a tangibility, where people walk in, they understand something's different here. This isn't dead religion. This isn't dead denominationalism. There's something that's real. See, people want that which is real. I said people want that which is real. But here's the thing. You can't fool them. I said you can't fool them. You can't have enough bright lights and fog machines and, and you know, dim the lights in such a way where people get goosebumps and call that the move of the Holy Ghost. Where'd my amens go? You can't produce that which only God can produce. That's why we pray. That's why we believe God. That's why we teach the Word of God. Then it says this, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Now that'd be good. But then the Bible says it sat upon each of them. But now I want you to notice something. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Everybody say speak. Now we could talk about the fire. We'll come back to it for just a moment. You say, well, pastor, did they feel the fire? Well, that's really not even relevant. Because what we see here is the Spirit of God doing the same thing that it was doing right back in Genesis chapter 1. When the earth was created and God created all there was, the Spirit of God what? Moved. So God what? Moved in creation. Now this is not creation, this is redemption. Oh, we better be careful. We'll be here till 10 o'clock in the morning. You say, what do you mean? This is not creation. This is redemption. You say, what's better? Redemption. Creation was subject to fall. Redemption is not. One day creation will be folded up and put away, but redemption will live in forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So we see in creation the Spirit of God moving. But in redemption, what do we see? The Spirit of God moving. So we know over in Genesis chapter 1, when the Spirit of God moved, then God spoke, let there be light, and light was. So God burst into the realm of the senses. Burst into the realm in which you could what? Hear, see, taste, smell, and feel. Oh, somebody's going to get a revelation tonight. Then all of a sudden, redemption takes place. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The blood is poured upon the mercy seat. Thank God, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And those that called on the name of the Lord now were what? Endued with power. And the Spirit of God fell out of heaven and came and fell upon the church. Now, you can argue over any other sense. Did they feel the fire? I say they did. Did they hear the wind? I say they did. But you cannot argue that they spoke in other tongues. Are you with me? Speaking in other tongues burst into the sense realm. When somebody speaks, you can see them speak. When somebody speaks, you can hear them speak. 
So it picks up two of the human senses. This is God doing what? God bursting into the, into the sense realm. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? That means you can feel God. That means you can sense His presence. That means when the Spirit of God begins to move, you can experience God. You can experience the love of the Father. You can experience the finished work of Jesus. You can experience the moving of the Holy Ghost. We ought to expect more supernatural signs, more supernatural wonders, more miracles, more manifestations of the power of God. As we press into the move of God and Spirit of God, it should not get less and less and less. It should get more and more and more. Now, don't get me wrong. You can get into trouble. You can get into real trouble. The Bible says in John chapter 7, Jesus speaking, those that believe on me as the Scripture saith, so only the standard of what the Word says is what we are going to accept as a move of the Spirit of God. You say, now, now what do you mean by that? There's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on. I mean, recently over on the East Coast, I say recently, it's probably been almost 10 years now, there was a, quote, move of God that broke out. An incredible amount of tangibility was connected to it. Everybody was talking about when you walk in, you could just almost get knocked on the floor. The presence of God was so strong. But now there were some things that were a little funny. Number one, the guy leading this thing said that he was getting his revelation from a young female, 22-year-old angel. That's what I said. Then there were all kinds of strange manifestations. Somebody say strange. All kinds of shadows on the wall and things going all around. And eventually that thing burned itself out. You say, why? Because there was no foundation of the Word of God. See, we only adhere to that that, was, that that is within the confines of our covenant. You say, what do you mean by that? The Spirit of God wants to produce that which God has provided for us through Christ to bring it from the spirit realm into the what? The realm of the natural. So that those that believe what? Receive healing. We have nine gifts of the Spirit. Three of them, special miracles, special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. Many times there's a tangibility to that, an anointing in which you can sense the presence of God being ministered to you. Are you with me? The Spirit of God moving to bring refreshing. It says over in Psalms 126, it says, When God turned the captivity of Israel, then, amen, it says, Our mouths were filled with laughter. And joy and singing were in our heart. See, laughing. People say, you know, the Spirit of God was moving some this morning. And people were laughing and being refreshed. And the power. some people look at that and say, that's strange. But it's scriptural. People were being blessed. That, that precious little lady that was here that God began to minister to, that was so good to see a smile on her face again. That was the Spirit of God ministering unto her. Others were laughing and enjoying the refreshing move of the Spirit. Don't pull back from that. Press into that. That which is false, that which is fake, we'll figure it out real quick. That which is not of God, I guarantee you will not stand the litmus test of the Word of God. But that which is conducive to our covenant, the manifestation of the gifts of, of the Spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles, the glory of God in manifestation. I've had people talk about here at Island Church, seeing angels, seeing Jesus, seeing the glory of God in the auditorium during services and things that have happened and take place. Listen, that's just God wanting to bless you. 
That's just God wanting to bless you. And then your opportunity to do what? To give your worship, to give your praise, for you to glorify God, and for you to experience something on a level you've never experienced before. Every service affords us the opportunity. We decide how far this thing goes. One of the most powerful meetings I was ever in, I was actually conducting this particular meeting up in Minnesota. And I'm telling you, we had a night that was just a night of nights. I don't think we got out of there until about 1.30 in the morning. Nobody left. It was cold. I mean, Minnesota can get cold. It was cold. Nobody left. The Spirit of God moved in such a unique way. There were many manifestations of healing. Several got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Just a great outpouring of the Spirit. Well, on the way back to the to the, uh, uh, to the hotel. I just felt this, this urge to pray. As soon as I got in my hotel room, I began to pray. And the Lord spoke to me, and He said something very unusual. He said, I did not do everything I wanted to do in the meeting. I only did what you allowed me to do. And when I saw that, I understood that the liberty of the Spirit or the restraint of the Spirit is really not based on what God wants to do. It's what we're willing to do. Amen. And so many people today have pulled back. Oh, we're afraid that if somebody that doesn't know what that is comes in, that they will, that they will be offended. Uh, we're so afraid that people will not... Un Listen, people that don't know God yearn for the supernatural. They don't want another dead sermon. They don't want somebody waving a feather, lighting a candle, or ringing a bell. They want to feel God. They want to sense God. They want to walk into a place and go, God is in this place. That guy talks about God. Those people praise and worship God. Those people ministering, God does things. I know God is there. Thank God for what they're telling me, but also I am sensing that God is here. God will touch your senses. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. I said, God will touch your senses. You can hear his voice. You can feel his presence. I'm telling you, he'll get into your emotions. You may laugh, laugh, laugh. I've other times when I've wept, wept, wept in the presence of God. There are all kinds of things. We don't try to get emotional and get God to do something. No, we wait on the Spirit of God. Let him move. Let God speak and then enjoy the results. Now, let me close with this. On the day of Pentecost... For these are not drunken as you. So they thought these guys were drunk. It's early in the morning. They come spilling out of the upper room, staggering and stumbling, and speaking in a language in which nobody's ever heard. I mean, you know, they hadn't learned. They hadn't learned it intellectually. And so Peter addressed what the people were responding to and said, now wait a second, wait a second. These people are not drunk like you suppose they are. But then he qualifies what's going on. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, everybody say the last days. Now he qualified the day he was living in as the last days. Did you know they were sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back at any moment? Now we, here we are somewhat 2,000 years later. Now, we could get in, we could get Joe Morris and get some other guys that teach on, you know, uh, uh, teach on end times and show you where there is the three days. Everybody say the three days. What's unique to 1,000 years. God says a day uh, with the Lord is with 1,000 years. There's been the first 1,000 years. There's been the second 1,000 years. The third 1,000 is going to be what the millennial reign. We've come to the end of the second day, church. 
I said, we've come to the end of that second day. But he said, now this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the la- now, honey, if they were saying last days then, we're in the last of 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 the seconds on the tick on the clock. On the, on the clock. Amen? I mean, we're at the very end right now. So he said, I'm going to pour out. Everybody say, pour out. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon what? All flesh. Upon all flesh. Now, how do you know if the spirit of movement, if you ain't got no flesh that can sense it? Let me say that again. Dead religion, they don't sense nothing. Denominational, they don't sense anything. But God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit in such a manner that your flesh is going to know you're in the presence of God. Your flesh is going to realize the spirit of God. See, the enemy's done done everything he can do to ape and imitate that in every area. Drugs, alcohol, all this stuff gives you what? A feeling. A feeling. Smoke a little weed, get you a little feeling. Do a little coke, get you a little feeling. See, that's all fake. That's all phony. But God says, uh, Psalms, excuse me, Psalm 16, in His presence. You want to get drunk? You want to get under the influence? You want to get high? I'm talking about with the most high. You think you've had a buzz, honey. You let the Holy Ghost touch you. You let the Holy Ghost come down upon you. You let the fire of God touch your flesh. You let the Spirit of God move upon you. And there's not a drug, there's not alcohol, there ain't nothing on this planet that can compare to Jesus' anointing through the power of the Holy Ghost that will come upon you and refresh you and touch you and cause you to realize this is God. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. Lord, we magnify your name. We exalt and praise your name. We exalt and praise your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, now, as Brother Frank plays softly there for me, let me read just as I just felt in my spirit to read Psalms 126. Listen to Psalms 126. Now, years gone by, years gone by, Lee and I participated as much as we possibly could in this. Brother Kenneth Hagin probably had more uh, of an effect on the move of God than any other man. More than Oral Roberts, more than Brother Osteen, teaching faith. But at the end of his ministry, the Lord spoke to him and said, now hold Holy Ghost meetings. Everybody say Holy Ghost meetings. Now people say, now what do you mean by that? What do you mean Holy Ghost? Well, when we come together on a Sunday morning, we put an emphasis on feeding the flock of God. That is what I am called to do as a pastor. We're not called to have a runaway, Holy Ghost shout, running down. Now we love that when that happens, when the Spirit of God uh, interrupts. Everybody say interrupts. But still as a pastor, I'm called to feed the flock of God. So we teach the Word. We preach the Word. We allow information and inspiration to flow out to the church to feed you. We trust God for messages that are relevant to your life and applicable to what you're going through. Amen. But, but God spoke to Brother Hagin and said, Now go hold Holy Ghost meetings. Now Holy Ghost meetings are meetings where emphasis is not so much put on the teaching of the Word of God as is put on the move of the Spirit. Signs, wonders, gifts of the Spirit in operation. Now it begins many times with teaching on or talking about them. Now Lee and I, we got in everyone we could get in. We were... Lord, I, I could name all the way. We were St. Louis, Missouri, uh, over in Lamarck, over in Alvin, uh, over in Louisiana, over in Alexandria, down in, in Gonzales, was all these different places. Now, we would go to and we would be in these meetings. Strong tangibility of the Spirit of God. Gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. Now, the Lord said this to Brother Hagin. He said, you've got to teach this to this generation or they will lose it. They'll lose it. They'll not get it. And we've seen since he's gone on to his reward in heaven, 
much of the church. Now, I'm not talking about religion and denial. I'm talking about a lot of the Holy Ghost churches have pulled back. Have pulled back. They've, they, they, they've gone to what more is called a, a user-friendly, seeker-friendly format. Don't want anybody offended. Don't want to keep anybody too long in church. You know, don't want to offend anybody. Somebody was to give a message in tongues or, or run around or shout or laugh or cry or something. Oh, that would really cause a con. We don't want any of that. So they've pulled back. But God always leaves a remnant. I said, God always leaves her. This past March, I went to Brother Mark Bazee's church and did a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. Nothing but Holy Ghost. All Holy Ghost meetings. Oh, we had such a time. I think I'm going to do one here at Island Church one of these days. I mean, like, see, we'll do it when God says to do it, though. I, I, I could have just rushed home and said, let's do one of those here. But the Spirit of God didn't say do that. Because when God says to do it, it'll be right and the Spirit of God will move. Amen. So these Holy Ghost meetings, Lee and I would get in them. Some of you others were in them. And we'd see a great tangibility of the Spirit of God. People would laugh. People would cry. People would, would enjoy the presence of God. The manifestations of the Spirit of God many times would just come in to great, great uh, a reality in those meetings. And many times Brother Hagin would use this scripture here in Psalms 126. It says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Now notice, then said they among the heather, the Lord hath done great things for them. Who said that? No, no, no. Who said the Lord has done great things for them? Who? The heathen. The ones we're trying to get saved. The ones we're trying to get into Island Church so they don't die and go to hell. It wasn't the grandeur of our building. The greatness of its structure. The location of the property. That's not what's going to do it, church. That's not what's going to do it. It's going to be the move of the Holy Ghost. When people see that God has turned our captivity when we're no longer captive by debt, we're no longer captive by drugs or alcohol, we're no longer captive by depression or cancer or, or, or diabetes or arthritis, that God turns our captivity and we experience the freedom of that, that even the heathen will look and see, look what God has done for them. How will they know? Because laughter will be in our mouth singing and joy will be glorifying and magnifying God there's always people that drive by and strain their neck many times when we have special speakers and they're ministering to people I love to come over here and sit because I have a vantage of not only the people that are being ministered to but I can see outside and I'll see people drive by doing this they'll slow way down and they'll try to get everything they can get through those two little slits right there they're And people to be in here being blessed and ministered to and the power of God, Brother Jeff or Brother Joe or Brother Mark or somebody be ministering to people and people be falling under the power of God, people be worshiping God, people be out there. You say, what's going on? God's turning our captivity and joy is rising up in the congregation. People are experiencing the Lord. The presence of God becomes real and reality to us. Oh, isn't that the way you want it? Isn't that the way? Lift your hands one more time and let's worship. Oh, my time is up. Lift your hands. Just worship God. Father, we worship you tonight. Lord, we glorify your name. 
Oh, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted. Oh, Ramandele beke sobra dia bara setele maha. Ebra se beke teleba sorba sibra tia teleba kosobra tia paha satele men Bingere master, bambara se bronda la macarro bomba lehi. Hebrandeva ke sobra ta sobra ke sobra ta sobra ta Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you've got a message in tongues, lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Let me look around. Praise the Lord. Give that out, Dad. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, For in times past, you've experienced the glory in very minor levels and rations in which I've allowed as almost lightning flashing from a storm a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and yes you've rejoiced and responded and desired even more but I say unto you you're entering into a new season and a time in which my spirit will just not move among you from time to time but it shall fall and abide in your midst it shall be an ever-present spirit that is here. So begin even to prepare yourself before, because it takes many months and years to prepare people to house the glory of God. Therefore, begin to expect and believe and rejoice and proclaim. This is a place in which the Spirit of God moves. Come and hear and see what the Lord is doing and you shall see such an increase of not just a flash of lightning but the light of the Son of God which shall come and manifest itself and many shall come and run to that light and be ministered to and experience the tangibility of that which I desire them to have. So expect now and proclaim now God is moving in our midst and it shall increase for you shall experience and see it in greater measure in the days to come. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands up and thank God for that. Oh, come on. Just thank Him for it. Just thank Him. Lord, we thank You, Father. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Now my time's up. Let me close. Let me just say this. I like that. In literally a flash, as quick as it takes for lightning to strike out of a cloud. I've seen the Holy Ghost touch people. I've seen it touch marriages that were just literally destroyed. And in an instant of time, they were restored. I've seen it touch people's bodies that were just, just there wasn't much left. And they were instantly healed. I've seen instant deliverance of everything from drug addiction to depression to you name it. The occult. I'll never forget one meeting we were in. The Spirit of God was moving in such a manner. And a guy came up. It was just out of my control. And I was kind of standing back and just watching what the Spirit of God was doing. And a man came from the back and walked up to me and made this statement. He said, I have been a practicing Satanist for 40 years. He said, I have come to disturb and curse this meeting. He said, now I know that God is real. I need to be saved. You know what I said? I said, what? So he said it again. He said, I've been a, this was in Edmond, Oklahoma. He said, I've been a practicing Satanist for 40 years. He said, I came tonight to curse and disturb this meeting. But now I know that God is real. I said, pray this prayer. I'll never forget. I held his hand. He had his right hand in my, and I said, pray a simple salvation. And I let him go. And he fell in slow motion. When his head hit the ground, he was speaking in tongues. 
Now let me, it wasn't a great message that I preached. Thank God for great messages. It was the move of the Spirit that convinced him. It's when God began to move, when the Spirit of God began to manifest. There were people all over here so drunk they couldn't even walk, laughing. There were people over here kneeling at the altar, weeping. Uh, there was a guy sat on the front row. He stood up to praise God, and God hit him and shot him three rows back on the floor. And there he laid, worshiping God. Then that guy got up and came forward and said, that's it for me. Forty years of Satanism wasn't enough to stand in the presence of God. Isn't God good? Oh, one more time, worship Him tonight. Come on, just worship the Lord and glorify His name. Lord, we exalt You. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we glorify Your name. Hallelujah, we manifest. We magnify You. We glorify You. We exalt You, Lord God. We exalt You, Lord God. We exalt You, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.